It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Terrific Tuesday, March 28th. You know what's coming in just a few days. <laughs> Are you working on that? No, I'm just saying, you know, March will be history. The first quarter will be history. And oh, oh my. I thought you were going to say it was April Fool's Day and that you were going to be playing a bunch of bloopers. Uh, oh, that's a good idea. Hmm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to choose from, unfortunately. <laughs> So, yeah, no, you're right. First quarter, can't believe we're into the second quarter. So much work to do. Um, but um, as I, 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 we really are, we were made for this moment. We're in Colorado for this moment. Colorado is at the tip of the spear of the craziness that's going on. They're in high competition with California. Although California, with this whole reparations thing, is uh, actually maybe moving a little bit ahead. But uh, both are crazyville right now. It's unbelievable. Two of the most beautiful places in the United States of America and public policy is um is really is is uh, making them not so beautiful i mean you can just feel in colorado just this oppression from public policy from all of these pbis these politic politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties and as we're looking at the legislative session i guess the other thing we should say with april 1st around the corner is that it's what probably about six more weeks that the legislature will be in session and uh, they've already i think it's already introduced 555 new bills do you really think that in colorado we need any new laws it would really be great to have them instead of trying to make new laws to start to repeal some of this terrible stuff and as the president of the colorado union of taxpayers we are looking at all the legislation and then uh, taking positions on legislation uh, with the cut pledge and go to coloradotaxpayer.org you can see the cut pledge there uh, you can join for $25 uh, and actually you would just put your name and information in there a contribution and, and uh, we'll realize that you're joining for 25 you can contribute more as well but uh, we take uh, I, I'm seeing the overview as we're reviewing everything that's coming down the pike and Steve I, I look at the, the legislature legislate um, ors and I don't think that there's no way that they can see the big picture unless they're really watching it. There's no way that they can keep on top of 555 new pieces of legislation, read it all, and know what's really going on. Uh, we'll be talking about the uh, the one that just dropped last week. That was the Senate Bill 213, which is uh, usurping local zoning and putting control of the zoning of uh, all of our uh, – well – all, all the biggest towns um, 
here in cities here in Colorado, and it'll take the zoning and put it under the governor's new plan. That baby is 105 pages. Now, Steve, as you know, I'm traveling, and I I put that in my suitcase, and I thought, oh, this will probably put me over the load limit when I put that piece of legislation in there so that I can actually go through the whole thing. Well, you say 555 is the big number so far? So far. And you will always bring to light when you get a hold of one that is really fat in terms of the number of pages. So I'd like to know, out of that 555, what is the average number of pages per bill? Boy, that's a, a good good question. Let, let me make a note on that. Because we, the, the reason I ask the question is, like, we're, you know, we're just average people, I guess, and that that's another superhuman group down there at the Gold Dome. How in the world can they possibly absorb that much data or that much there, information? It, it, it's not. And, and so the thing is, is as that I can see these overreaching themes and I look at the different legislators that are, are bringing forth the bill and there's no way that they've written these bills. Somebody's come to them. They've pitched the bill. And, oh, we had such a great I mean, we get such great text messages. And the text line is uh, hold on here. It is seven two zero six zero five zero six four seven. Yesterday, somebody texted and said, there should be a new law that's, that says whoever is the author of the bill, whoever is pitching the bill, that that should be transparent. That would be excellent, don't you think? Well, I keep saying this, and people are tired of me saying it, but saying it, but I learn, so I get excited when I learn, especially at this age. Will you see the sponsors of the bill as they come up, and as we see them here in, in the package that Patty sends every day? And those are not, they are not the creators of the legislation per se. They are only the sponsors. So you talk about PBIs. So set the politicians aside just for a second. And you have bureaucrats and interested parties who are out there bringing this stuff forward. You know, and that's the level that it is created, right? It, that you're exactly right. And um, I love that from our listener that we would actually have to find have transparency on who those authors of those bills are. And then, Steve, I think you and I have some homework to do then for, at the end of the session. I think that we should go through, well, between you and I, I think we should go through and determine the total number of pages in all the legislation that was proposed and the average number of pages. I think that that would be like a super, super excellent idea. I'm all for it. Okay. We will do that. So let's see. There is a lot going on in the world as we speak. Uh, the first thing I think, I, let, let's just mention Nashville yesterday. There was a shooting at a Christian school and... Uh, As I said, I'm traveling. Yesterday, what I had seen, that there were six people that died from that. Has that changed, or is that still the case, Steve? I think three faculty or administration-type people and three students, yes. You know, I I mean, it takes our breath away. It makes me think of Kendrick Castillo, that parents send their kids to school, teachers go to school, and you expect it to be a safe place and that they will come home at the end of the day. And this is a great evil. I shouldn't say great evil. I don't want to put those two words in the. Uh, uh, um, it's evil of what happens. It's not because of the firearm. It's because that society is breaking down. And this, as we look at it, it's it's really by design, uh, and it's been going on for quite some time. And you know, I had something interesting on the airplane yesterday. Remember when we've talked about. Um, 
Wilbur Wilberforce, who was a English parliamentarian, and he, he was he was responsible for getting rid of the British slave trade. But the other thing that he worked on was to bring back manners to English society. And we have lost manners. And there's no way that you can have manners with each other if one is look if one person is is looking at if people are looking at each other in groups and you're told that one group is an oppressor and one group is an oppressed, it's very difficult to have good manners between the two because there's not the mutual respect between the two individuals because they're identifying as these groups that they have been told that, you know, one is this and one is this. And so the first, I think, part of good manners is realizing that we are each individuals and we're responsible for ourselves and there's something to be courteous. So anyway, uh, there was a, a woman who had changed seats and her luggage was behind her instead of be in front of her. So she had to, you know, go against the tide to get, get, you know, more to the back of the plane to get her luggage. And then she said, Oh, I think it's right there. And I just reached right in front of a guy's face and opened up the, the door, the, you know, the uh, hatch to open it up. And he goes, I would have gotten that for you. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I, I finally, about 30 seconds later, I said, I am so sorry. That was so rude of me. He goes, that's okay. He goes, I was just going to help you. And I thought, my gosh, I said, I'm, I'm, I was embarrassed, Steve, that, uh, you know, we need to be a little bit more cognizant of our actions. Yeah, we do uh, an awareness of our situation too. I, uh -huh. I mean, uh, my you know, she's not five years old anymore, but as a five year old, my daughter was always so you know, especially out in public. She's standing in the middle of of you know, in a, like a crowded store out in the middle of something, and people were obviously not able. I said, Carrie, you need to be more aware of what's going on around you. Now, thankfully, she outgrew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give her a little, you know, a little grace on that if she's five. But, but, but yet, on the other hand, here you are as the parent, uh, teaching her, and uh, good manners need to be taught. And I think that's something we need to start to work on here in America. I mean, just think. I'm just thinking about a school day. Instead of being taught the CRT or the iterations thereof, so it's DEI. What's that? Diversity. And DEI. Sorry, I can't keep up with the acronyms. Yeah, I, I can't remember now what it is e e anyway either. And then the SEL, um, those three things, um, you know, instead of teaching the division and the um, transgender agenda, um, instead of teaching that, just think if we were teaching reading, writing, arithmetic, good manners, you're a valued individual, and then uh, teaching about our our heroes like medal of honor day was just recently uh, if each class would take one of our medal of honor recipients and the medal of honor is awarded because somebody saved lives uh, it's not about taking lives although that sometimes does occur in saving those lives but in saving lives and uh, excited that uh, that i was down at the center for american values for a really great event on friday afternoon regarding that but just think about there's only a certain amount of hours in the day just think about that steve if we were teaching kids taking that time and and lifting pe lifting them up uh, in in i i saw on the headline here there was something about book bans and, you know, I'm not a book band person. I really am not. However, uh, I also, uh, 
this pornographic stuff that is in our school libraries, there's really no place for that. Um, but we need to, my dad, who, who, uh, uh, had a, a public education that started out in a two room schoolhouse. He would quote Shakespeare to me because he learned Shakespeare. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't learn Shakespeare when I was in school, but if we had these great authors, that's why I say what I say at the end of the, the show. And so we need to be focusing on great literature that we are teaching our kids. And so my point is, is time, time in the school day. But I guess the other thing is, is time of each day. My dad always said to me, time waits on no one. We have each person has 24 hours in a day. Each of us, it's equal that if we want to talk about equity, that's equal. Each of us has 24 hours in a day. Then we each, now I sound like my dad, we each make choices on what we do with those 24 hours. We can choose to waste them. We can choose to be productive with them. If somebody chooses to waste them, and then because of that, they've not worked hard, then look to the government to take from somebody that's working hard to give to them because they made a different choice. That's not fair, Steve. That's not equity. The equity is in the fact that we all have 24 hours in a day. That's actually my new revelation for today. How's that for a great takeaway? (laughs) Uh, you're never too old to stop learning, I guess. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Let's get to our quote for today. And it is by C.S. Lewis. And when you and I were talking about it before the show, you said, Kim, this may seem a bit insensitive because of what happened in Nashville. And uh, and, and all of these shootings throughout our country, throughout our world, it's not because of the firearm. It is because the person behind the firearm. And it's because society is breaking down. So those that want to, uh, here in Colorado, in fact, we have this legislation uh, to take away the Second Amendment right of people to carry firearms to protect themselves against the bad guys. Whether or not the bad guys are the bad guys that are trying to get into your house via breaking in or whether or not it's the bad guys with bad policy. <laughs> but that that was put there to protect us, that we have that. And all tyrants, the first thing that they do is to try to disarm everyday citizens. So that's what the big picture is with all of this, the second amendment stuff. And I think that's important for people to understand it. And so that segues me into the quote by C.S. Lewis. And he was a British writer an Anglican lay theologian, and he held an academic positions in English literature at both Oxford university and Cambridge university. He was born in 1898. He died in 1963. And he said this, and, and this, this actually sets up, um, this sets up uh, many of the subjects that we're going to talk about today, but you'll be able, I want you to work to connect the dots here. See if you can follow me, how I, how I did that. And he said this, the greatest evils in the world will not be carried out by men with guns, but by, by men in suits sitting behind desks. And so that could go, Steve, that could go to politicians that are putting people into war. They're sitting behind the desks and there are others that are putting their lives on the lines. But it can also go to these abor- this abortion uh, legislation and, and the abortion laws that we have here in, in Colorado. 
And so just think about how you can connect the dots on all this. And all of these conversations that we have come be, come to you because of great sponsors. And I know each and every one of these sponsors personally. And when you're looking for these goods and services, certainly I would love it if you would check out our sponsors and talk with them about that so that they can earn your business. Uh, but one of those great sponsors that we have is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger has been serving his community for 47 years. He's provided for his family, given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood, Village, as well as Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, the Roger Mangan team is there, and you can reach them at 303-795-8855, 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's insurance team is there. Great news. I just got the State Farm personal price plan on our home and auto insurance. You told our agent about my thing for romance novels? No, you don't have to get that personal. Our agent just helped me choose affordable options to create a personalized price just for us. Oh, sweet. Then you won't believe the love triangle Jen is in now. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. This came in on the... Uh, Text line, as, as I mentioned, I was traveling yesterday, so I did not have all the details uh, regarding the shooting in Nashville. It says the pastor's child was killed, his only daughter. You know, when you when you read that, Steve, it just takes your breath away. Uh, it just takes your breath away, and our condolences to that. It's just it's just evil, and um, um, it's, it's that's all. I mean, that's it's just evil. That's all I can say, and uh, and. Uh, Taking, uh, and this is always then used to push more of the. Uh, gun legislation that we have here, the, the assault against the Second Amendment. And, uh, so that is, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we can just see the, um, we can just see that. So I wanted to get over here to the bill of the day. And that is, uh, and they say that, hold on here. 
It's House Bill 23-1032. And the titles always sound compassionate. Remedies Persons with Disabilities. It's a bill that makes three primary clarifications about the remedies. But remedies, uh, how remedies would be probably going through the judicial system, which there is a, a, a an article that says that this is really a trial attorney's uh, dream. And so it's really probably not, not about remedies for persons with disabilities because most of those attorneys don't do that pro bono, Steve. Uh, they normally take a cut of what... Um, was determined there. But anyway, it says the bill makes three primary clarifications about the remedies a person with a disability is entitled to under current Colorado law related to protections against discrimination on the basis of disability for persons with disabilities. And then it goes through different, three different things. But then we continue on down here. There's an editorial from the Denver Gazette and it says a token for the disabled, a gift to trial, uh, to trial lawyers. It says evidently ruling Democrats at the legislature feel that they haven't done enough uh, to undermine the state's business climate. You'd think lawmakers would have paused and admire their handiwork after proposing a plague of business-busting regulations this session. Yet they now want to trigger a tidal wave of lawsuits against the business community, too. And then says, what's next? Locust says House Bill 23-1032 practically begs personal injury lawyers to file discrimination suits on behalf of employees and consumers with disabilities. And the trial, uh, the trial attorneys association apparently is a, a pretty uh, good donor to the Democrat party as well. So do you not see those connections? So politicians, bureaucrats and interested parties. So here are the, the politicians and the interested parties. Uh, probably are uh, in connection. So again, that um, the text message that my listener had sent about it would be great to have transparency on who has written these bills, who has shopped them to the legislators, and uh, make sure that, that we had transparency on that. I think that's an excellent, excellent idea, Steve. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we're going to keep at it. You know, a little bit of light. We keep shining light on all of these things that are going on. Yes, don't let me me, uh, minimize the mission here. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, let's see. Let's go to the next one. You saw this morning, I think, that Michigan uh, wants to repeal the right to work. And uh, the right to work... Not only do they want to, they did. Oh, they did it? Yeah. Michigan becomes first state in decades to repeal the right to work law. That's the Fox News headline. So that is a gift to the unions. That is a, uh, again, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties colluding together because a right to work law uh, guarantees that no person can be compelled. Okay, compelled is that force word as a condition of employment to join or not to join, nor to pay dues to a labor union. And so Michigan just repealed that. Yeah. So now people can be compelled as a condition of employment to join a, a union and pay dues to a labor union. What a, a gift to the labor union on that, or the attempted gift, I should say. Well, we all know that they're, they're incredible wordsmiths. And like you said, the, the title of the, the bill of the day, yeah, it might sound rather compassionate, but listen to this load of malarkey coming from uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmire. Today we are coming together to restore workers' rights, protect Michiganders on the job, and grow Michigan's middle class. 
Sounds wasn't good. She the, wasn't she the same woman during COVID that didn't let people go to the store to buy seeds so that the, they could plant a garden? The very one. So instead of the right to work, uh, actually, they should pass, instead of repealing right to work, they should pass a uh, a piece of legislation of the right to garden. What do you think? But I, yeah. but even <laughs> the first part of her statement, we're here to come together to restore workers' rights. Yeah. Making it sound like, oh my, these poor people, downtrodden people, they had no rights. Right. No, she should say what it, what it really is. That's, uh, uh, we have come together so that we can compel people as a condition of employment to join a union and pay dues. That's what it really is. But notice how good the wordsmithing is. That's why I continue to say we have to engage in the battle of the narrative. Uh, she's practiced that. They figured that out. It sounds good, but it's completely opposite from what it really is. I did also want to get down here, Steve, to uh, the uh, and, and it's a little difficult to navigate this uh, this very vast outline that we have because Patty is so good on this. I guess well, this is one of the first ones. We'll just really mention this. this. This is from the Epic Times. Contract confirms the U.S. government received $400 million from major COVID-19 vaccine manufacturer. And that is from Moderna. I don't think I really need to say anything else except to mention that, uh, that uh, headline. And then I can just say PBIs, right? Politicians, bureaucrats, and interest parties. I guess you know the other other thing that we need to add in there, which I think is a given, is money, uh, and that is the the true Green New Deal is money, and um, somehow I'll need to add that in there. But the other thing is is uh, <laughs> the great yeah. motivator. The great motivator, and here is this is from Fox News and. Colorado town is accused of abuse of power over proposed ban on new gas stations. The arrogance is alarming. <clears throat> Louisville, Colorado City Council is facing harsh criticism after its recent proposal to ban the construction of new gas stations and auto service stations. Though council members say the ban is an effort to combat climate change, one local Republican spokesman says it's an abuse of power, and I have to agree with them. If enacted, the ban would leave 21,000 residents of Louisville with only six gas stations. Uh, and the, the goal here, my friends, is to make it more and more difficult for people to be able to fuel their cars. Now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get equity, I think, in the long lines to maybe um, charge your uh, charge an electric vehicle. They want to create long lines then at the gas station. You can see how the whole equity thing doesn't work out. It says the seventh would be permitted under the ordinance only if it were part of a large retail center. Oh, wait a minute. So a big business, they could get a, a, a license to have or, or approval to have a gas station. Again, big business, big government liking each other. And it says um, Charlie Danner, the, uh, the Republican spokes, spokesman in Boulder County, said on Fox and Friends Thursday that the proposal is an attack on the free market and warned that it could lead to bigger issues. Totally agree with him on that. But he says what's most alarming to me is their arrogance. That is what is really alarming. Think about it. If they can take the step to outlaw gas stations, then where will they stop? What's next? Outlawing the sale of beef in all grocery stores with milk or eggs? I mean, there's just no end to their fanaticism. And 
he's totally correct. <clears throat> and my friends, that's why the story of how I got to know Hooters restaurants is so important is because, and you might go to my website to take a look at it because it is a story about a city council that wanted to decide which businesses can be in, in a town and which can't. And that's so antithetical to the American idea. And that is why, <clears throat> that is why I, I, I voted to approve the liquor license. Or actually, yes, I voted for that, but it's a super interesting story. And that was way back in like 2015 and before all of this. And I had a friend that, that called me and said, Kim, I, I don't quite understand. Uh, you know, you're support of this. And I said, this is so important that city councils, not that they can't choose which legitimate businesses they like and which they don't like. Because at some point in time, even just play this out a little bit further. What if there's a church that a city council doesn't like their doctrine? They could, they could say, not give them a building occupancy per- permit. I mean, you can see how this can play out. That's why this kind of stuff needs to be stopped. People need to stand against it. And we need to make sure that when you look at the pursuit of happiness, that means that, that Individuals can decide to start a business and they can compete in the free market. If the free market doesn't like the business, then the business will go out of business. But all of this force, trying to push people into electric vehicles, ultimately, uh, they're so expensive, everyday people can't, uh, can't afford them. And they're, they're not really reliable. They're more of a luxury kind of a vehicle for everyday people needing to live lives. They're not effective. And so now for the, this Louisville City Council to do this, I, I really, um, really laud this Charlie Danaher for, uh, taking a stand on that. But, uh, speaking of Hooters restaurants, uh, great, great basketball times, uh, spring trainings right around the corner, hockey, basketball. There's a lot going on. Great place to get together to watch. Watch the games, but also great happy hour and great lunch specials Monday through Friday. You can find all that at my website, uh, so be sure and check that out. And again, and, uh, all these great sponsors. Another one of those great sponsors is Karen Levine. Home ownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact ThreePointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. 
Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. The text line is busy. We've got our, you guys are so smart. And so we'll get to these uh, here at, for sure at the end. Of, well, work on those at the end of the show. But the text line is 720-605-0647. I'll just mention a couple before we get over here to Roger. Uh, actually, three. First of all, it says we should repeatedly call out the agenda of socialism, which is to hijack the means of production. Hostile takeover of the housing industry, for example. So that's that new Senate Bill 213. The next thing, the word to use we should use is bully in place of compel and coerce. Great, Christina, thank you. And lastly, regarding this right to work, it says, hasn't Detroit, Michigan, automobiles learned their lesson regarding unions? All of those are great thoughts. So thank you again. That text, uh, that text line is 720-605-0647. On the line with me is Roger Hayes. He is the CEO, president of Passio HR, great sponsor of the show. And he really keeps an eye on what is happening down at the state legislature because they need to be on top of that for their clients. Roger Hayes, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. First of all, tell us a little bit about Passio HR. So Passio HR is a professional employer organization, and what we do is assist small and mid-sized businesses by helping them with all of their back-of-house mundane kind of stuff that nobody ever starts a business to do. So we contract with the company, and we will take over their payroll. We'll do their benefits administration, help provide them with health insurance, dental vision, all the things they need to give their employees so they have a good quality of life. Uh, we help them with workers' compensation, um, you know, coverage and with any claims or anything that happens. And then obviously human resource issues, you know, handbooks, um, guidance, things like that. And so that gives the employer time to stop messing around with all that stuff and go back to doing what they uh, started their business for. But one of the biggest things we're doing lately is compliance um, because our federal and state government seems to be constantly adding new rules it's becoming almost impossible for small and mid-sized businesses, A, to keep up, and B, to even be able to handle doing all of the things that they're being mandated to do. So that's basically Passio HR in a nutshell. Well, and when I was talking about the bill of the day, it's uh, this bill regarding uh, remedy. They call it remedies for disabilities. It's really it's really a trial attorney's uh, uh dream, I think. Uh, I don't think that you're down there at the state house lobbying to get more and more of these compliance regulations in there, but it, it does make you more and more relevant to your clients and new clients who will be calling you. How can people uh, find you um, and get more information? Uh, internet is com. They can find us there. Um, our phone number is 303-221-0558. Um, you just hit extension 101. They can get a hold of me right away. And my email, obviously, is rhays at passiohr.com. Um, Internet's usually the easiest. That way they can find whatever they're looking for there on our website. 
Okay. And Passio is spelled P-A-S-S-I-O. And I'm just curious, how did you come up with Passio HR? What was the the um, inspiration it's, on that? It's the Latin root word, um, sort of a modified Latin root word for the word passion. And so one of the things that we do, kind of strange, is um, we definitely have a passion for doing what we do. We have a passion for HR. And rather than use the word passion, because it you know gets thrown around and kind of overused, we decided um, we worked with a client of ours who helped us come up with the name. And we decided to go with Passio um, because it just isn't quite as common and it does actually do a better job of explaining what it is we really care about. Okay. I love that. Passio HR. Roger, let's get into the legislative session. I know you're watching all of this legislation, and uh, and Patty actually had put in the packet. Uh, this is from TSSColorado.com. A cabinet member to legislators hands off unemployment tax revenue. So what? What do you, what's your big overview on what's happening? So on that issue, um, the director of the Department of Labor, Joe Barella, kind of put his foot down. I mean, it's almost an ultimatum. It's, you know, it's a challenge calling you out into the parking lot, so to say. Our legislature seems to think that the unemployment um, trust fund is a place where they can just go dip in and grab cash. And all of a sudden, they've introduced a number of bills, I think there's four or five of them right now, where in order to pay for some of these new regulations on employment, they think they can go get money out of the um, employment trust fund. And the Employment Trust Fund is not meant for anything other than employees who have lost their jobs, whether it's due to their fault or, you know, no fault of their own, and to have some income while they look for a new job. That's what unemployment insurance has always been about, and that's all it's about. But the new progressive arm of the legislature seems to think um, that the one place that you could never go, they're going to go, and they're going after unemployment insurance money, and they're going to use it for all kinds of stuff. I think you've heard of another another thing where they want to give dependents um, of workers access. I mean, it's not a ton of money, but the problem is they want to give them access to the unemployment trust fund as well. And um, so if I lose my job, what they're saying is that my spouse and my children can put in for money as well and that they would get paid um, on a weekly, monthly basis out of the unemployment trust fund, I, even though they've never had a job. They were not workers. They were not displaced. Um, they're going to give them basically welfare. And that's not what unemployment's ever been about. It's always been about just a worker, um, making sure that they can get their bills paid while they're looking for a new job. But our legislature is going to expand the um, social atmosphere. I don't know what the word is politely to use, but they're trying to expand it to the nth degree. They're really going crazy up there. But is is it just so flush with money that that uh, oh. will the money ever run out or what? What's that look like? It's yeah, that's the big problem, right? It's not flush with money. Um, we finally paid the feds back after COVID. Um, the trust fund was upside down for a while, for you know over two billion dollars. So it's not as if this you know this thing is going to just keep pumping out money forever. It's not an open spigot that just never shuts off. Um, over the last couple of real serious financial crises, the Colorado's trust fund went bankrupt, and we had to borrow money from the federal government. But I think the mentality is as long as you can borrow money from the feds or the Chinese, you've always got cash, right? Um, it's 
it's the kid with his checkbook. And as long as he's got blank checks, he's got cash. Whether there's any money mm-hmm. in the bank to back it up, they don't care. That's mm-hmm. absolutely not a, a fund that is unlimited. And we're still struggling with it. We're still trying to get it back on its feet after the COVID fiasco. So for them to just sit there and go, hey, we're going to go after it. Um, the other problem I have with, you know, with one of the issues, you know, giving money to um, children and spouses, they're starting off with a small number, but this is what they always do. Well, progressives right. always start off. They just want to get something on the table. Right. And then they'll come back later and amend it because it's super simple to amend things. People aren't paying as much attention to just simple amendments. Um, once they've got it passed, they can go in and start jacking up that rate with the ultimate goal of you know making sure everybody's on the government take, right? Let's make sure everybody has to come to the government for their money, and that way they'll keep voting for us. That brings up a question then, Roger. As uh, I'm going through legislation uh, for the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, which is an all-volunteer group, uh, advocates for taxpayers since 1976. They've been doing excellent work. I just accepted the presidency this year, which I'm learning a lot. Uh, these people have been doing so much work, I can't even believe it. But the other thing that I see, the camel's nose under the tent, is they fund these task forces to study something. Maybe it's 200000 250 here, and it's it's difficult to i i'm like we need to stop those things but but it comes in as you know in the big scheme of pictures the two hundred thousand dollars isn't that much money but but that is a lot of money to start to fund an agenda but i see these task forces as um, a, a camel's nose under the tent as well what's your thoughts on that well i would agree with you 100 percent. It, it's it's kind of a way to justify what we're going to do right if I've got a I've got a plan or a scheme to um, create a new retirement program or to create um, some other sort of a government funded plan, and I just want to throw that on the floor, I might get I might get opposition, I might get attacked. But if I take my time over you know the course of two or three sessions, mm-hmm. and I create a, a task force of stakeholders, that's you know one of the big words, and I get a bunch of people on this task force, and then the task force recommends that I need to do what I was going to do in the first place. Well, then and there you have it. We've got this impartial group of people who've come out and said, I think that's a brilliant idea. It was like with the Pay Equity Act. They, you know, they had a couple of task forces for that, which were they're basically just covers. Anybody that comes in the door, like Patty, I know she served on one a long time ago. Um, she comes in the door with a little bit of opposition and some common sense and tries to slow the train down. They just run over her. She's not there to actually accomplish anything. It's just these things are just built to lay down cover fire so that when they introduce the bill two or three sessions down the road, they can pin it on the task force and say, well, we studied this in detail for a number of years. And lo and behold, we came up with the conclusion that this is a brilliant idea. Right, right. And to that point, I didn't. You're absolutely correct. (laughs) Well, and I didn't know Patty back then. Uh, That was before I knew her. But. I'm not sure that, I know they tried to run over her, but I would find it difficult that they did run over her. Your your thoughts? (laughs) That's true, um, if anybody knows Patty Kurgan. But what they did, though, was, you know, the points that she brought up were disregarded, and they still went ahead and pushed the legislation through. They still got it passed, and they still shoved it down everybody's throat. And so that's what I mean by run over her. She stood her ground, and she did a fantastic job. But at the end of the day, 
you know, she was one lone voice sitting out there, you know, screaming about the problems mm-hmm. down in the mine, and they just ignored her. I mean, so they just went right around her and did what they were going to do anyway. And we're kind of mad at her because she dared to question them or dared to point out the stupidity of their plan or how it wasn't going to work or a number of things. But they ended up doing it anyway. And that's what I right. mean when I say they just run, run her over. Right. Right. Um, right. It was ridiculous. And- and the other strategy, and I saw this when I was on city council, because they would put it out to a study or a task force, or and and then they they as typically you hear people apply for this commission, apply for this board, apply for that, but these PBIs that are have the strategy, they take a look at who's going to be put on those committees. I remember if there was, uh, let me think here, it was. I want to say it was uh, the Arts Commission. I don't totally quote me on that, but I think that's what it was. And nobody else had applied. This this person had applied. We we had to interview them as city council members. I thought this is. I mean, I didn't quite understand the whole strategy, but then then uh, so we were at at the meeting at city council and the far left city council person, they must've looked at this person and they, um, they said, you know, this person cannot be on this commission. And they actually pulled back that appointment. And I didn't quite understand what was going on. And then as I look back now, they wanted to put people in place that they could influence to get to the outcome that they wanted. And so this has been a, a strategy that has, been put in place and and uh, we we just need to be really careful about that so um, Roger there's a bunch of other things that I want to ask you about and we get to do to have these great conversations because of sponsors such as Passio HR and also sponsors like Roots Medical Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. It's more critical than ever to get the firearms training you must have to be confident in protecting yourself and your family. Learning from the expertly trained instructors at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you will learn the skills necessary to be ready for anything you have to deal with. If you learned how to shoot by way of Granddad Taught Dad Taught Me, you may be missing critical elements of safety and proficiency training that can only be learned in the right environment with a knowledgeable and industry-leading instructor who can analyze and diagnose shooting mistakes, helping you prepare properly. 
At Franktown Firearms, they believe understanding how guns work, learning the fundamentals the right way, and being confident in using a gun can mean the difference between life and death. When people leave Franktown classes, they feel empowered. They look forward to practicing and getting more training. Go to franktownfirearms.com and sign up for one of our training classes today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I uh, wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation, raising money for the uh, remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And uh, you can go to USMC Memorial foundation.org and you can see what the plans are for that it's a place that you can actually buy um, one of the bricks on one of the walkways of service to honor your military service or your loved one's military service Uh, mother's day father's day is right around the corner and so plan ahead because it takes a little time to create these beautiful certificates that you can give as a gift to your loved one uh, that will uh, indicate where that they will have a brick on the walkway of service. So be sure and check out usmcmemorialfoundation.org and help them out with that. Uh, Roger Hayes is on the line. He is the CEO and president of Passio HR, uh, which they can help <laughs> help businesses focus on what they want to do, and that is to create and grow their businesses instead of having to to focus on all of the compliance and HR issues and all that. They can actually help you with that. So. Uh, Roger Hayes, uh, really appreciate your uh, partnership with the show. But we're talking about government, and Steve had snagged this Ronald Reagan um, audio that I thought was very appropriate, and we wanted to play it for you. So, Steve, hit it. Well, let me set it up a little bit first. The, the first voice you'll hear is that Johnny Carson. It was uh, an interview of Reagan on the Johnny Carson show between 75 when he stepped out of office uh, from being California governor and leading up to his run for the presidency. So, again, the first voice you'll hear is Johnny Carson. I thought most people uh, were not apathetic. I think they're confused, basically, because you hear intelligent people from uh, both political parties or in the middle, conservatives and liberals, and they all seem to have different answers as to what is going wrong in the country. Some people say, well, let's let the government spend billions of dollars, and then other people say, no, no more federal spending. Uh, Let's give the tax rebates. And the other intelligent people say, no tax rebates. We've got to do this and do that. So everybody is confused. Uh, How how, how do you see the thing? How are we going to get out of this? Well, uh, Johnny, I think that one of the things is that people keep looking to government for the answer, and government's the problem. A moment ago, you, you asked, you know, about people and feeling not only confused, but right. low and, and down in America. First of all, the American people, if they would just take a little inventory and look around, you triple our troubles, and we're better off than any other people on Earth. And we've asked so much of government, and we've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss them. If, if the people Did wanted to... Anybody you had in mind particularly? <laughs> great, great stuff, Roger. It's very true to this day, but it's really sad. Think about that. That was sometime around 1975, 77. We're in the same place we were then. We haven't learned our lesson. 
Well, don't, don't you, th- I am encouraged though, because I am seeing more and more people that are, are paying attention. Uh, but this legislature, and we've got about five minutes left, and there's other things there that I wanted you to let people know about. That, but this legislature here in Colorado, they are out of control. Uh, as of Monday, there were 555 pieces of legislation that had been introduced. And we still probably have, what, another six or seven weeks, uh, Roger? At least, yeah. Right. That's, that's typical. We're, um, we're probably you know, we're not quite at the halfway point yet. Okay. So what uh, what are a few other things that you want people to know? Because these legislators, it seems like it's a war on business in Colorado. It definitely feels that way, and, and they try to argue that it isn't. But when you look at the onslaught of bills that are being um, introduced, um, you kind of can't come away with any other feeling than that. You know, we were talking about um, constantly adding bills and then amending them later. There's a couple of them that are out there. There's another in equal pay for equal work, Senate Bill 105. Um, equal pay for equal work, it just is kind of a cover. They We've already got laws on the books here in Colorado for this very thing. It already covers it. Um, they're just coming in and amending it to where the previous legislation said that certain things were an option. Now they're just mandating them, and they're providing funds so that if somebody thinks they've been discriminated against, they have somebody else to pay the bill if they want to file a suit or um, things like that. In the past, we always let groups like the Department of Labor or Wage and Hour folks over there investigate um, businesses, come in and see if they violated the rules, and if so, punish them. But you mentioned earlier a bill that you said was just really a, a trial lawyer's thing. What a lot of folks don't understand is the enormous power that the Colorado Trial Lawyers Association has up at the Capitol. Most of the legislation that gets introduced today, they try to put a private right of action into it. So all of these labor bills that they're trying to introduce, almost every one of them gets stuck with a private right of action. And what that literally means is, yeah, you can file a complaint uh, because you didn't get paid overtime with the wage and hour division, or you can just get a lawyer and sue we prefer that you get a lawyer and file a lawsuit. That way the lawyers make money. Um, and there's just a huge pipeline and a gift to um, trial lawyers, just, you know, because they're always getting their piece, right? They're not doing this stuff pro bono. And if you take a look at almost all legislation that comes in, they're trying to sneak that into everything nowadays um, because that's, and that's very anti-business because they know it's expensive. It's really hard on small businesses to fight oh. things. In oh, court. it is. It's just ridiculous. And so rather than have the government come in and, you know, take a look at it and see what's going on like we've done in the past, they'd much prefer people just get lawyers and file lawsuits because 99% of the time, small business will settle out of court. The lawyer gets their cut, the employee gets a little bit of money, and the uh, business sometimes goes under because of it. And there are occasions where the business probably deserves it, right? But they're not very often. Most of the time, these are minor things. These are things that weren't done intentionally. Errors were made. Most small business owners, they actually want to take good care of their employees because those are the people that help them grow and keep that business sustained. But our legislature well, just looks at businesses as the, as the evil empire, right? Right. 
Well, and Roger, I th- really think that bad employers eventually they will go out of business because they will lose good employees. And the free market might take a little while, but I think the free market will answer a bad employer. And and most people, I mean, really, most, you know, and maybe this is a, a different way people look at lives. There are people that, that look at, that go out in life and they they have a chip on their shoulder and they th- they think that everybody's against them and and uh, and I think that's there's that group but there's a big broad group of people that are out there doing their best want to create value for their families and for their clients and for their their employees and and those are the people that will thrive and prosper. But for some reason, a lot of these legislators just, um, they look at business as the bad guy. We've got a minute left. It's always great to have Roger Hayes on the show with uh, Passio HR. How would you like to button up this first hour? Oh, I just would ask everybody, just, you know, take a look at what's going on. Pay attention and be involved. Um, read, the, read the bills. Don't just go by your day and think it's not going to hit you because eventually it will. That would be my only thing. I'd appreciate that. Well, and it is really important, and a way that people can do that is uh, keep an eye on things. There's really two organizations. One is the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, of which I'm involved with, and then Sue Moore and uh, everybody over at Liberty Scorecard are the two entities out there that are really watching all this legislation. I think I need to get Sue Moore on the show. I need to invite her on. That We're just about at the halfway uh, mark on that. But uh, Roger Hayes with Passio HR. Again, that's Passio, P-A-S-S. I-O-H-R. Is that .com? Yes, it is, ma'am, .com. Okay. Roger Hayes, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. Have a great week. You too. And uh, again, this is very appropriate with what Roger just said, and this is a quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, one of the most cowardly things ordinary people do is to shut their eyes to the facts. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Tuesday, March 28th, I think it is. Yes, and uh, let's see, there's several different things coming this week. Thursday, opening day, Major League Baseball. So, you know, that might tie into your uh, mention on Hooters. 
And what else? Oh, uh, obviously Friday then is the 31st, end of the month, end of the quarter. So to all our uh, accounting uh, friends in the listening audience, uh, you have our condolences, especially bumping up against tax time. Uh, that's right around the corner. And then Holy Week starts on Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah. Well, no. Yes, but no. No, but yes. I know. And it doesn't it doesn't feel much like spring uh, in the Rockies right now. It, um, it we, We've had winter, so I am actually ready for spring. Normally, our winters have gotten rather uh, mild lately. <clears throat> so I'm ready for spring, but uh, springtime in the Rockies. I mean, I can remember sitting out and watching spring sports. Oh my gosh! There's nothing colder than spring sports in the Rocky in uh, Colorado. It was it's cold, cold, cold. But uh, spring is coming, and excited about that. But let's just jump right in here. To, uh, our our featured guest is going to be Diana, Diane Ferrero with Save the Storks. Uh, we're going to talk about these abortion bills that are uh, going through the legislature here in Colorado. Matt Dark, uh, a great sponsor. He's with Roots Medical. Uh, has a right to refuse piece of leg or. Um, I think it's a lawsuit, and so we'll talk with him about that in just a moment. Of course, he's got that great show, 9 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KLZ 560, The Matt Dark Show. So let's get over here to our quote for the day and then get right into our number two. The quote for the day is from uh, C.S. Lewis. He was a British writer, Anglican lay theologian. Uh, He held academic positions in English literature at both Oxford University and Cambridge University, born in 1898, died in 1963. He said this, he said, the greatest evils in the world will not be carried out by men with guns, but by men in suits sitting behind desks, uh, people sitting in in the state legislatures, passing horrific bills that... um, well, we'll just talk about that, that, that kill children. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe. Uh, but again, C.S. Lewis said, the greatest evils in the world will not be carried out by men with guns, but by men in suits sitting behind desks. And I, you want to comment on that? Well, yeah, I think it's you know, my, when you first popped that one out, you had another one in there and you said, oh, well, let's try this one. And I thought, oh, maybe that's a little tone death after you know, we don't want to be like <clears throat> your president yesterday. After the events of Nashville, who just didn't seem like he had any connection at all with what was going on in the country. And obviously, we didn't want to emulate that. But maybe it was a good reminder, while everyone is horrified about another event like what happened in Nashville, it's like, don't take your eye off of what's happening in other places, too. Right. And... Yeah, I had a listener that had sent out, sent to me, uh, actually the the progression of a baby in the womb, and I need to share that. I it's in my pile of important papers there, but it's so tragic what happened in Nashville. But then we just have a blind eye with what is happening regarding all these this abortion legislation. So we'll talk with Diane Ferrero about that in a minute. But we've got Matt Dark on the line. You know him. He is the host of the Matt Dark Show. It is on KLZ five sixty. Monday through Thursday, 9 to 10 a.m., and he is rocking it. Matt Dark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kim. It's always good to be with you. I'm sickened. I'm saddened. I'm angered to be joining you uh, under the pretense of what happened yesterday. I, I think it's the consequence of endorsing and supporting and cheerleading mental illness has cost yet more children their lives. There's consequences for fraudulent elections. There's consequences for passive conservatives and Christians. It is time to rise up in the name of Jesus 
And when you see evil, like the abuse of children and this transgender ideology that is all over, it is time to rise up and call that behavior out. Uh, so I just, I'm just heartbroken that we've got nine-year-olds that were going to school. They'll never be seen again. And we have people parading around in thongs, dancing in front of children like they're doing some kind of service. But um, we'll cover it this morning, and you're on it. I know you're on it, too. And, and it's just a time to really regroup. How do you take on uh, a society that's gotten so sick, so entrenched with this sickness? It starts by being brave. And when you see child abuse, you call out child abuse. So with that, so you're, you're talking about this uh, whole transgender agenda, which is trying to prey upon our children, correct? Correct. Yes, so. exactly, Kim. And we just, we just know for a fact that God created the two genders. And if we replace the word transgender with schizophrenic, with bipolar, with mentally disturbed, you would never cheerlead them from the sideline and say how cute it is that this five-year-old, this teen is experimenting with this and that or the other. You'd have that person institutionalized. We have transgender now harming society much like Islamic terrorists would harm extremists. It's in the same category, Kim. And what we've done is we've sat on the sideline afraid to confront the very issue, which is these children are being used, taken advantage of, and that's why it's going down to as young as three years old. And so I don't want to go crazy on it because we have plenty to cover today. But um, but this is a problem in society. It needs to stop right now because guess what? You need to look at the evil that's doing this to children and just say no more in the name of Jesus. We will not make laws to protect the transgender. You saw the ridiculous response from President Biden yesterday. His mind is wrapped around chocolate chip ice cream and all these things. And it's just time to rise up and tell these leader, leaders to get out. You've got Brianna Titone, who's supposedly representing the people of Colorado in Jefferson County, a full-blown trans person. Is that really what represents Colorado family? I don't think so. Rise up, do the uncomfortable <clears throat> thing, and say no more <clears throat> in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> okay, so Matt, you're doing something about this. You had mentioned you have a right to refuse lawsuit. Is that right? Okay, now this is even better because it still goes to the same group of people. Medical freedom, which you know we're all about at Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. The right to refuse, meaning every single COVID shot out there right now is under investigational new medicine or investigational research. Okay, that is a fact. That is undisputed. That is how it is classified by the HHS. Okay, what that means, though, is that when medical research enters the conversation, every single person has the right to refuse that research going into their body. Congress made that law. That's not an opinion. You go to the Belmont Report, you go to the 1974 National Research Act, and it speaks to how human beings are to be treated when it comes to an investigational new drug. One thing people don't really understand, it is illegal. It is actually a felonious crime to use the word safe and effective when discussing investigational new drugs, which is the Pfizer BioNTech, which is the Moderna shot, because of their classification. Classification matters. So here's what you can do. UC Health is the hospital chain uh, organization that will be sued first in Colorado. If you go to coloradomedicalfreedom.com, that is the entity's website, that's our website, you can pick and donate whatever you want to do. You want to put $5 towards that lawsuit, go ahead. You want to do 50 grand? You can do whatever you need because those lawsuits are happening now in Tennessee, uh, Texas, 
Colorado, and there will be plenty more. But these were all right to refuse. And you say, well, what kind of case are we talking about? This is the kind of case where the nurse was fired because she was unwilling to take a COVID shot because they created a penalty for that nurse where there was no law. So you were never required to volunteer for medical research. Many organizations are going to think they did nothing wrong. It was all in the name of saving grandma. And these lawsuits are going to hit them like a ton of bricks. I am telling you and your listeners, legal Armageddon is about to make its way and fully known here in the state of Colorado. So we just want people to be a part of it because there are so many of these lawsuits that are going to be on behalf of people that were displaced, fired, you know, single moms that were trying to keep food on the table because they had two kids and the hospital said, take this shot or you're fired. And they did fire her and her kids and her family have suffered since then, or they did take the shot and now they're injured. Or how about this case where the nurse, the mother who was trying to keep food on the table, took the shot. She lost her life and now she's got two orphans. She's got two kids that don't have a mom. That's happening, Kim. And that's why I say if those people, for the listeners that have been sick to their stomach about what has happened with COVID and the tyrannical behavior that's happened during COVID, this is your moment to say we're getting you back. You will never do this to us again. And unfortunately for some people, the only way we're going to be able to get them whole again is with money. You probably will never restore the health of the truly vaccine injured. Uh, God willing, we'll get some of their health back, but at least make those hold accountable um, with the pocketbook. And so we just urge ColoradoMedicalFreedom.com, get involved, make your donation known. You can pick your cause and just send a message to these entities that thought they had the right to force you into research, Kim. They didn't. These lawsuits will make sure that they understand what time it is in Colorado. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Matt Dark, you will be on the air here in uh, shortly, uh, 9 to 10 a.m. right here on KLZ 560. <clears throat> what's, what's your subject today? What are you going to be talking about? We're going to pray and we're going to recognize the victims in Nashville. We're going to make sure that those names are not forgotten. And then we are going to go deep into the fact that we have mental illness so deep in our society that we're actually making laws to protect the mentally ill as they go out and cause irreversible harm to themselves and to others. We must talk about the uncomfortable stuff. We must hold to account the leaders that are providing an atmosphere for this behavior to continue. It stands no more. Moms and dads, hug your kids. Tell them you love them. Make sure you never miss a moment because guess what? You got psychopaths running around in the name of transgender thinking they can do anything they want because they were born in the wrong body. We're going to dispel that all morning, Kim. Okay. That's the Matt Dark Show. He is with Roots Medical. Roots Medical is a great sponsor of the show. <clears throat> and it sounds like fasten your seatbelts for the Matt Dark Show today, 9 to 10 a.m. on KLC 560, Matt. Thanks so much. You got it. God bless. Thank you, Kim. Okay. And uh, rootsmedical.net, great sponsor of the show. And Roger Mangan is also uh, a valued sponsor. And the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. That's 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. 
Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Um, we realize here in Colorado, first of all, Colorado has uh, some of the most um, aggressive uh, laws regarding abortion in the world. And that means that a baby could be aborted right up until the time of birth, which try to get your brain around that. I mean, this is unbelievable. Um, but there's also even more legislation that is going through uh, the legislature here. I think it's Senate Bill 188, 189, and 190. Uh, again, all... Um, supporting abortion which uh, the opposite of of abortion death is is life and when we look at this idea of america that all men are created equal with these rights from god of life liberty and pursuit of happiness we have to make sure that we are standing for life i mean that's the choice out there life or death uh, but the abortion industry has been influencing uh, young women for many years saying if you um if you get pregnant, you might not be able to, to go to college or have a job, have a career, all those things. It's a big lie. But we have to speak truth into this. And so I'm really excited to have on the line with me CEO of Save the Storks. And that, that is Diane Ferrero. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kim. This is such an important day for our state, and I'm so blessed that you've had me on today. Okay, what's going on? Well, I don't know if your listeners know, but today the uh, state legislators are doing final hearings for SB 23188, SB 23189, and SB 190. And SB 190 is what we are most concerned about um, in the life-affirming world. However, all three bills um, do impact the life movement and our God-given freedoms here in Colorado. So let's, uh, why don't you set up 188 and 189? I'm familiar with them a little bit, and then let's really talk about 190. Uh, so what is 188, Senate Bill 188? Yes, Senate Bill 188 is protections for accessing reproductive health care. And what they have done, what these Democrats have done, is they have really interwoven um, LGBT gender-affirming health care services with abortion services. And this is devastating for so many reasons, but uh, what, what is really harmful is how this will impact children. Children will be able to have a gender-affirming procedure without their parents' knowledge, with taxpayer dollars covering it. And what they've done is to bring the 
LGBTQ community into it, they've really intertwined their health care rights as well. So, again, our state tax dollars are going to be covering, uh, it's so hard, children and people who want to transition to another gender. This will be covered under our tax dollars, and it will be their legal right in the state of Colorado if this passes. You know, Diane, language is so important, and gender-affirming, Ah, gosh, that seems a positive, positive. Affirming, affirm seems to be in some ways a good, I say that, uh, but what, what mm-hmm. I see throughout this is if you do not affirm for, I'm thinking of Jack Phillips over the, um, uh, cake baker that if he did not yeah. affirm, uh, gay marriage, which was against, uh, his religious beliefs, then what happened is, is they were going to use the force of the Colorado civil uh, Civil Rights Commission to say he couldn't have his business. So that word affirm is a tricky word. Gender affirming care. People need to understand what it really is, is it is child, it's, it's, uh, ch- it's child mutilation. If you would have told me even five years ago that we would have people that would say that it is their right to um, mutilate children, I would have said we're crazy. But that's that's where we're at right now, I think, Diane. It is so sad, but you're absolutely right, Kim. They are, you know, they are not protecting children. And our job as parents, our job as teachers, as I believe government officials, is to protect the children in this state. And they are, they are going to mutilate these children. And here's what's tragic that I don't even know if the left understands, Kim. There will be sex traffickers who bring children into our state to have, in quotation marks, gender affirming health care services, because frankly, if uh, if they feel like they can make more money off of a boy versus a girl or vice versa, they they can do that in our state. The parents will not even know. This is such a travesty, and I'm still in shock that this is a bill that's made it this far in our state. It uh, is. It is. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and uh, and this then just set this up. Then this is in committee today where's this at so does this go to the governor's desk does it go over the other chamber where's that at exactly this one i I believe we're we're focused on sb 190 today this is in the judiciary committee though for the house and the senate Um, i don't know if they're voting today or tomorrow though okay then uh, i want to get to 190 here in just a minute but 189 what is that exactly senate bill 23 189 Yes. So this is, uh, they titled it Increasing Access to Reproductive Health Care. So as it reads, is concerning increased access to reproductive health care services. So this one is, is really bringing in HIV prevention drug, which, of course, we don't want anyone to be denied an HIV prevention drug if someone is walking in that type of lifestyle. But again, they're bringing in the gender identity issue, the gender affirming issue. And they are weaving it in with women's reproductive health care. So the way they've intermingled this and the language that they're using, um, they're talking about um, providing funding for additional family planning services, which, of course, to the Democrats, they include abortion under that. Um, it's it's a travesty. And what, what they're doing is, um, as best as I understand this bill, because I'm not as familiar with this one, but they are looking to start um, expensive HIV treatments at a very early stage without providing the steps that, you know, insurance companies normally require. Um, 
And again, if this was equal access for all types of drugs, including what women need, you know, say if they're battling breast cancer, um, that would be one thing. But they are really um, speaking to the, the community that lives that alternative lifestyle, and the state is pushing to provide um, funding to them. And again, intermingling it with reproductive services, that terminology. Right. And once again, this I think this is a strategy. This is a political strategy to try to bring in coalitions. And so that's uh, and ultimately, though, it, I would say that this is, um, again, pushing for abortion. And if I remember right, I'm thinking this is the bill that says that there is uh, no co-pays, no deductibles, that abortion will be just covered uh, totally, which I'm thinking, well, why abortion? gets that what's the equity in that what about people that might need heart surgery or cancer uh, treatment i mean there's no equity in that whatsoever and then diane uh, i think what we'll do is we'll talk about 190 in the next segment but notice language they say uh, women's reproductive health rights but when there's abortion there is no reproduction so it isn't really about reproductive health rights or family planning well Abortion, the family, uh, not, uh, you know, aborting the baby, there is no family part of that then. But the language is so important that we, I think we have to shed light on that as well, Diane, the way they are manipulating language. We do, Kim. And, you know, in studying what's going on here in Colorado, um, University of Colorado, which is a state-funded school system here, um, they have a program, a fellowship called Complex Family Planning. And they are training up nurse practitioners, PAs, doctors to go out into the UC health system and provide abortions. But again, they're calling it Complex Family Planning. Isn't that horrible? And, you know, they're talking about providing all of these things for free to women in our state. But there are many women are already getting $4,000 a year from their um, employers to cover abortion. And what I've been studying is that Aurora Planned Parenthood charges women $110 for an ultrasound, $600 for abortion pills. And last year, uh, or fiscal year ending 2020, they brought in $47 million with $27 million of this revenue from patient fees. So the fact that, you know, Planned Parenthood is presenting themselves as a nonprofit is ridiculous. And they are profiting from abortions in the state. And the fact that now they want taxpayers to pay even more to cover, um, you know, taking the lives of babies is an atrocity. Well, and so we need to we need to speak about speak into this issue with compassion because uh, the this this whole narrative has been taught to our young women and our young men for years, and so it's so important to speak truth into this narrative and call call it what it really is. I'm so thrilled to be talking with Diane Ferrero, and it's so interesting that it just worked out that um, it got scheduled that you would be on the show on this particular day. It's just absolutely amazing, Diane. So uh, important conversations about all this. We get to have these important conversations because of great sponsors, and one of those great sponsors is Three Points Financial. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, 
take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clar- uh, clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Diane Ferrero. She is the CEO of Save the Storks. Uh, as many of you know, uh, Colorado has some of the most aggressive abortion policies on the face of the earth. And what that means is there is law in Colorado that says a baby can be aborted right up until the moment of birth. My friends, this is so cruel. It's unbelievable. Uh, there are those that uh, they are more compassionate towards puppies and kittens than they are towards babies. It's absolutely amazing to me and not in a good way. Uh, Diane Ferrero, uh, Senate Bill 190. This is Senate Bill 23190. This is something that you are focused on as CEO of Save the Storks. Tell us about that. And the prime sponsors on this is Senator Faith Winner, Senator Janice Marchman, Representative Karen McCormick, and Representative Elizabeth Epps. They are all Democrats. So tell us about uh, Senate Bill 190. Yes, Kim, thank you. So isn't it interesting that the four prime sponsors are, are women? Well, I, I know Karen, I believe, transitioned to a woman, but these are women who, to me, are taking away freedom from women in Colorado. This is all about freedom and faith, Kim. So this bill, um, the way it was originally presented was they had presented um, pregnancy resource centers, again, which are these amazing centers in our state and across the country that provide free pregnancy-related services. And they had stated in this bill was that it would be a deceptive trade practice for pregnancy centers. And again, they called out pregnancy centers in the original language um, to say that they could not um, really uh, let women know or let women think that they might provide abortions or emergency contraceptives or provide referrals for abortions. When I testified two weeks ago, I called them on the carpet with this because if you Google 
abortion or pregnancy right now, first of all, Planned Parenthood owns most of the most of the search returns because they spend about three hundred thousand dollars a week on just some very simple advertising campaigns. They they Planned Parenthood is aggressively going after the abortion market, and you'll also see that big tech already labels pregnancy centers as warning does not provide abortions. And there are no pregnancy centers that will ever imply that they provide abortions. Now, they will say they provide abortion recovery, abortion counseling, uh, abortion consultation, so women can make that right choice. But this first paragraph, the language in the bill summary was just so misleading. And I'm happy to see that they did remove a few words um, that really, to me, um, give pregnancy centers a better shot at um, doing the amazing work they do in the state and re- reaching women. Now, a second part of this deceptive um, trade practice is the abortion pill reversal. And they are trying to really make the abortion pill reversal illegal in our state. And to me, this is all about profit and all about taking away a woman's uh, right to choose, right? Um, the abortion right. pill reversal, yeah, it, it's a natural um, pro, you know, it's it's when they flood the body with progesterone, and it's something that's safely been used in pregnancy for more than 50 years. And one of the doctors that we work with actually said that this is a commonly used um, procedure when a woman is, is at risk of miscarrying. So this is not anything new. This has been scientifically proven over the last 50 years. Yet Planned Parenthood on the left is trying to shut this down. And why? Because they are making so much money off of abortions and the abortion tourism industry in the state. It's all about money, Kim. Oh, my gosh. Diane, you just said something that I... So this law, if or this bill, if it passed, let's say a woman is miscarrying and, and that drug could be administered to prevent that miscarriage, this law might, out, might, make, might make that illegal, Yes. Yes, that is correct. That is the way we have read this bill. And this is where this is this is one of the most tragic things. And and talk about setting women's rights back, you know, 100 years. I don't even know if these Democrats know what they're doing. I really think that they are just being spoon fed by Planned Parenthood. Um, Big Pharma is paying into this. They are really just pushing through this bill that they have no idea how it's going to impact their daughters, their granddaughters. Um, imagine if, you know, Senator Winter, heaven forbid, her daughter or granddaughter uh, was having a miscarriage and she could not take the APR or the similar, um, yeah, some, that similar pill um, to wow. a miscarriage. I mean, wow. how would she feel? And, and wow. how is that empowering women? It's not. That is taking away our freedom. Wow. I had not even thought about that. The thing that I've said on the air, um, because I'd seen the movie Unplanned with uh, Abby Johnson, it's a powerful, powerful movie. She had been a director of a Planned Parenthood, but hadn't really gotten her brain around what abortion really is. And it wasn't until she'd been at the center for several years, she was asked to come in and assist in an abortion. And she was watching on the screen as the tools were coming in to, to try to abort the child and she saw the little the little baby actually trying to to get away from those tools and there's just this inherent thing about life to try to preserve one's own life and when she saw that she realized oh this isn't about 
women's health and women's rights. This is actually about killing babies. And so she, she changed, um, became a fervent supporter of life. But in the movie, there's a depiction of, and I think she had two abortions, if I remember right, but I think one of them was right. with the abortion pill. And, and, um, it, it's not like, oh, I take an aspirin and it's done. There's actually the body goes through a whole bunch of different things. And there is a significant chance that a scared young woman would get that pill, either pharmacy, mail order, whatever, take the pill and there could be hemorrhaging. And here she is alone. She's afraid and she's alone. I'm. It makes it just breaks my heart to think about what could happen with that, Diane. We have heard that junior high schools have reported the abortion pill being sold on campuses. Again, these are 11 to 13-year-olds who have access to the abortion pill. These young girls can order the abortion pill online. And the fact that these girls can go upstairs while mom and dad are preparing dinner downstairs, you know, a long day at work, you know, the daughter says, I'm going up to do homework. She may be pregnant. She takes the abortion pill. She could hemorrhage in their own bathroom. Also, now this young girl is not going to any type of uh, authority figure. Um, she's not going to a, a medical clinic to, to get consultation on this. She's taking the abortion pill in her own bathroom. She, there's two things here. She could hemorrhage, right? Her parents won't know what happened. She will have, sadly, she will have the abortion in her bathroom, and she will see a baby, a preborn baby in the toilet. Um, what, what does that do to a young girl's mind? What does that do to any woman's mind? Now she's not going to an abortionist. This woman is sadly acting as her own abortionist. How, how can you wrap your brain around that? Parents won't even know this. They won't even understand that their, their beautiful daughter is going through this and she's going through it alone. The isolation well, here is devastating, Kim. Well, and that, that is the other thing, uh, with Planned Parenthood is, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, wham, bam, and you're, you're out the door and there's no <clears throat> aftercare. There's no compassion on what a woman has just gone through. And <clears throat> I know you're doing great work at Save Historics, but we've got to look at this issue in the big issue and we have got to come at it with compassion, which I know you do at Save the Stork. So talk to us just a little bit about that, Diane Ferrero. Yes, I sure will. So at Save the Storks, our mission is to create a story of hope and empowerment for every woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. And we do this primarily through our mobile medical units, of which we have 90 across the country now. And these mobile medical units are staffed by licensed medical professionals. We have a nurse practitioner on board. We have a sonographer. We have amazing medical staff. They're trained to counsel women and really give them the truth and the science about that baby that is growing inside of them. We provide a free ultrasound where mom can hear the baby's heartbeat, see the baby on the screen. And when she makes that decision for life, we walk along with her every step of the way. And in fact, uh, one of our newest initiatives is called For Every Woman, and you can learn more at foreveverywoman.org. And we are looking to bring one of the first mobile medical units for every woman to Denver to really help support the amazing work that pregnancy resource centers are doing and really act as that um, their support system. So if a pregnancy center, um, say, finds out at Planned Parenthood is offering abortions until 8 p.m., they can call on us and we will go help provide ultrasounds so we can inspire more women to choose life mm -hmm. instead of death for their babies. 
Okay, two other things. If a woman has had an abortion and uh, needs, I mean, there, she needs to talk to somebody, what services are there out there? Because there are some great organizations to help through that grieving process and also that realize that there can be forgiveness of that, you know, grace and mercy through Christ. So what are some organizations that people could reach out to if they are grieving a decision? It might have been yesterday. It might have been 40 years ago. Yes, and we do meet women uh, so often, Kim, 70-year-old women who come to us and say, I had an abortion when I, was, when I was 19, and I don't know what to do about it. I'm still grieving. There are hundreds of, of uh, counseling opportunities. Many churches offer 12-week programs. Many churches offer a weekend retreat. There's a group that some of my coworkers have gone through called Deeper Still. There's another amazing national organization called Support After Abortion. And if your listeners go to supportafterabortion.org, we are not affiliated with them. We just think they're an amazing ministry that that really is serving women and men who have had an abortion in their past. They have so many different options for recovery, counseling, again, the weekend retreats. We want women to heal from their abortion because I truly believe that when women are healed and they can share their story, we will stop abortions in future generations. Well, and that's, uh, I talked to a friend of mine this last summer, she and I were talking about the abortion issue, and she said, Kim, my hope is, is that we don't have to have legislation for life, that in fact, it's just a given that we... Uh, that we support life in our country, that it's not a political issue. It's just something that we do, which you go back to the declaration that uh, all men are created equal with, with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Diane, you just mentioned one other thing, and they talk about women all the time, but there are men that are grieving because of abortion as well. Can you speak to that just a little bit? Yes. What One thing that I'm learning is that men are not allowed to have a voice, at least what Planned Parenthood tells them. They, they shout, my body, my choice. And what I have heard from men who have had a girlfriend in a planned pregnancy, oftentimes they're not even allowed to walk through that front door at Planned Parenthood when the woman is scheduled for an abortion. They do not want the man to be there to support her. And why is this? We have seen research that shows 79% of women who have a supportive boyfriend or a male figure um, who are encouraging them to choose life, they will choose life. They will not have the abortion. So again, Planned Parenthood knows this. When the man has a voice and can speak into um, his girlfriend and speak truth about life, she will not have the abortion. So of course the enemy, the devil, does not want the man as part of this. So we are putting together programs to equip men to have that voice. There's one called Dare to Be a Dad that we are launching. And this is such a beautiful, um, again, life-affirming program. It's a seven-day program that we are distributing to pregnancy resource centers and churches here in Colorado and around the United States. So we are empowering men to choose life because we do, we speak to men. We hear from even pastors who said, I paid for an abortion in college and my wife and I have never told anyone about it. And we are encouraging those pastors to go to counseling, to get healing, and then to be transparent with their congregation and let people know, let their, let their congregation know what they did, because this just opens up the truth. It sheds a light on the darkness. And we know what, that when a, a man can be brave and stand up and be bold, we are going to change the trajectory of abortion. And like you said, 
even if it's still the law in some states in our country, imagine if hearts and minds are changed and we really turn our hearts towards God and we see that baby and we, we know the science says it is a human being in the womb. We need to start looking to that. And I feel that even Democrats, even the far left could have their eyes open and start to see the beauty of life and that it begins in the womb. And that's why we speak truth into this. Diane Ferrero, CEO of Save the Storks, that's savethestorks.com. I know you have a busy day. I so appreciate you making time to talk with our listeners today. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. God bless you. And God bless you. And we have these conversations because of my sponsors, such as Lauren Levy. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. It's more critical than ever to get the firearms training you must have to be confident in protecting yourself and your family. Learning from the expertly trained instructors at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you will learn the skills necessary to be ready for anything you have to deal with. If you learned how to shoot by way of Granddad Taught Dad Taught Me, you may be missing critical elements of safety and proficiency training that can only be learned in the right environment with a knowledgeable and industry-leading instructor who can analyze and diagnose shooting mistakes, helping you prepare properly. At Franktown Firearms, they believe understanding how guns work Learning the fundamentals the right way and being confident in using a gun can mean the difference between life and death. When people leave Franktown classes, they feel empowered. They look forward to practicing and getting more training. Go to franktownfirearms.com and sign up for one of our training classes today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force. Force versus freedom is something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Did want to mention a nonprofit I love. That is the USMC Memorial Foundation uh, raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. My friends, we have, as Americans, since the beginning of our country, there have been men that have stood up against tyranny. They've stood up for life, this ideas of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that we talk about, and that these are rights from God. And 
And so we need to honor those that have been willing to give their lives or have given their lives for our country. A great way to do that is to help with this uh, remodel of the Marine Memorial. You can do that by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org to make a contribution. I want to get over to text messages as well as phone calls. And we have Eric uh, with Manning's Famous Burritos on the line. Eric, what's on your radar? Good morning, Kim. I had to get on this. Oh, my goodness, my God in heaven. I wish James O'Keefe, this is my wish, could infiltrate in Polis's regime meetings, Kim, because I believe in my heart and soul that Polis is writing all these laws. I have written them back in the past and using his lobbyists to pretend that they are bringing these laws to him. You know, for God's sake, Polis has to hate women. He's gay, for God's sake. He married a man. And I think that why haven't we heard him speak out about these horrendous laws? When's the last time have you heard from Polis? I have it nowhere. This dude is hiding under the rug like a chicken roach that he is and letting these people write these bills. And you know he's going to sign them all because this is what he does. This is what he he's all about. That's why they're taking advantage of him. Well, I think to your point, there is a strategy. I don't know for sure his involvement exactly in that, but there is a complete strategy by the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. So to your point, that is absolutely correct. And then, Eric, I did want to mention something else. Uh, Initially, the feminist movement, they started off with, they said, you know, men just want to be patriarchal. They just want to have women be baby makers, and women are more than that. You can have a career, you can have all this, but if you have a baby, that's a problem. But that that narrative that men just look at women as baby makers. Let's go to now gay men couples that are using surrogates to have children for the gay couple. We've gone full circle to women are now just baby makers. And I think that's an important thing dot to connect. Ultimately, uh, the feminist movement was was not about women, but it was about, I think, really undercutting women and undercutting um, straight, strong men as well. So, Eric Manning, thank you so much. I and- just want to say one last thing, Kim, to you. Okay. This, this is a woman's world. Us men, we are just living in it. And I love you women, and I love all you white people. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Hey, Mark and Black Forest, what's on your radar? Good morning. Uh, I don't have anything uh, quite so passionate, but uh, <laughs> back from the from the first hour, I wanted to address the uh, the theory of equal pay for equal work. I don't think it uh, takes into account experience. Um, one of the examples uh, on that would be um, when uh, U.S. Air Ways pilot Sully Sullenberg decided to ditch flight uh, 1549 into the Hudson River. Remember right, that? right, right. That was a that was a very tough decision that he had to make, um, but it could only have been made by somebody who was very experienced. Um, equal pay for equal work would be, you know, um, you know, most pilots could have made could have flown that route, um, but only somebody who was experienced, who was obviously paid more, uh, was able to make that decision. 
That is such an interesting point. And one other thing that this really constricts this equal pay equal for equal work. First of all, government should not be involved in that. <clears throat> and if, in fact, uh, an employer <clears throat> can hire a bunch of women at a lower price to get a job done, well, the free market is going to say, hey, I'm going to hire these people over here. So this is not about equal pay for equal work. This is, again, government controlled. But a lot of women, mothers, uh, they appreciate, they may negotiate, it may not be you know, hard pay, but it may be flexibility in their hours. And so government has no business inserting themselves into this negotiation between employer and employee because a woman might do a job for less pay because she has flexibility, but yet she may be so much more efficient in her time. I mean, those are all those unknowns, but I hadn't thought about your example regarding the airline pilot. To your point, uh, he had experience and everybody could be paid the same amount for flying that route, but not everybody would have had the experience to be able to do what he did to save all those lives, Mark. Thank you. Anything else on your radar? Uh, no, no, it's just, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people are paid uh, more money because, um, you know, when things, when routine things go wrong, um, they've got the experience to uh, handle it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think most people would be willing to pay an excellent heart surgeon or an excellent brain surgeon uh, more uh, for, quote unquote, the same work because of their great experience and, and their um, focus on excellence, all, all those things. So Mark and For- Black Forest, thank you so much. Wanted to get to just a few of these um Text messages. This one made me laugh. Says, I tried to sneak past the bouncer on Lay's drink for free night and he quickly affirmed my gender. <laughs> I love that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Senate Bill 189 will eliminate parental notification of minors who get an abortion. They said that's Section 6. I mean, all this. And so that, that directs us right over to House Bill 10. Zero three. There is going to be a rally for uh, parental rights. I think on the sixth of April, we'll try to get more information on this. But they're saying, tw- I mean, look at twelve-year-olds. They, I mean, they're kids. They're kids. Just their bodies are changing. And all of these radical activist Democrats want to get their their hands on on these kids and maim them for life, whether or not it's genital mutilation, abortion. That that. Uh, that that they aren't able to talk to anybody about, to accept pharmaceuticals without their par- uh, parents' notification, to take part in these mental health surveys at school, which could label them for life. I mean, come on. We've got to put a stop to this. The phrase and that you, is why we are putting... The phrase you ahead. just used, maim them for life, not just physically or potential for physical, but emotional. And... and there is no compassion in that whatsoever. And so let me see here. Okay. It says, if, if, if a governor that's worth $400 million, the FDIC only covers $250,000. Um, it says, how many banks do you have to have an ATM account for? Um, 
Oh, I've got to hit this really fast. It says, isn't equal pay for equal work a communist ideology? I think we need to point uh, that out every chance we get and put it in the faces of the American citizen that we are in the middle of a global communist coup. That's why we're shedding light on what's going on here. A little bit of light goes a long way. We are Americans. God has had his hand on us at the beginning of this country, and uh, he still does. Our quote for the end of the show is a C.S. Lewis quote that I got to get up here to because I've been all over on my outline. Okay, we're just going to go ahead and end it because I can't get to that. My friends today, be grateful, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.